You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast. Hey, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast and give it a thumbs up if it's deserving. It helps me out a lot. Anyway, aka Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week, we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Today, meet Ray George. Ray founded the Ohio Gravel Grinders. He's based out of Columbus, Ohio, and went from creating a popular citywide bike tour of Columbus called Bike the Sea Bus, which, by the way, still exists today, to the Ohio Gravel Grinders, which is a club made up of over 3,500 members and still growing. He partners with many great companies like Kenda Tires, Paradise Garage, and Ride with GPS to provide maps, events, and a top-notch resource for gravel enthusiasts. Enjoy! All right, well, on the podcast this week, we have Ray George. How are you doing, Ray? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to get to talk to you. Um, actually, here in my recording studio, I'm looking at my gravel bike right now. And so, you know, I didn't bring it in here just for the podcast. It just sits here anyway. But I'm looking at it going, man, I wish I could be out riding in gravel right now. And instead, it's seven below with a wind chill of 25 below. So I I guess if truth be told, I could be out on my gravel bike, but uh, instead I'm just going to look at it. <laughs> I'm staring at mine too. It's it's in my living room. So, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm sad as well. You know, so I'm sad like you. I yeah. I would rather be outside riding. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that brings me uh, to explaining why you're on the podcast. You actually founded a group, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the history of it. But it's called the Ohio Gravel Grinders. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. We're in Ohio and we're gravel grinders. Uh, so we made it easy. Per- <laughs> <laughs> it makes it pretty simple to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think what's just amazing, and we will get into this in a little bit, is that this is a very large group. And I do not have any experience riding my bike in Ohio. So I'm hoping that you will um, get me talked into coming there at some point. But I'm just blown away that you have that many other cyclists who are interested in gravel. So I want to get into that while we're on the podcast today. But first off, tell us where you are, where do you live, and what the cycling culture is like, and maybe a little bit of your cycling background. Sure. So I live in Columbus, Ohio, and I moved to Columbus in 2007. But before I moved to Columbus, I had ridden, you know, as a child and then kind of gave up. I actually wrecked a a road bike and injured myself and then gave up riding into college Mm. and and then started riding again. And then when I moved back to uh, the Ohio Valley, where I was from, uh, my boss at the time actually was riding bikes. And we kind of got back, kind of pushed each other back into riding. Mm-hmm. And um, I bought a road ro- road bike and, and I still have it, a climb. It's really pretty and has the chameleon paint. So it's really neat to see in the sunlight. Oh, cool. And then I, I bought in 2005, our bike shop, Wheelcraft. They had a, an orange Le Mans pop rad, which really intrigued me. It had disc brakes. I had never seen that before and had wider tires. And um, so I purchased one 
uh, some of my friends in Wheeling, uh, we started riding gravel rides, but we actually did them at night. And so we would start out at like eight o'clock and I bought really bright lights and we would go out into the, into the county on county roads that were gravel and kind of scare cars as we were coming upon them because they didn't know what we were. So they would move over and wait for us, which was really kind of fun. And we'd, we'd ride. That was probably about a year, year and a half. And then we decided to move to Columbus, like I said, mm-hmm. and, and I kind of got away from riding gravel and more back into just regular cycling on the road. And uh, my boss at the time said, oh, you should meet these people. And I went and met them and started riding road in the counties outside of Columbus. And it, it's mainly cornfields to the west. And then it gets hilly towards the southeast. Mm-hmm. And so we would ride different lengths of rides. And then I ended up meeting, I, they, they told me about this urban ride and I went downtown Columbus and it was over a hundred college students and they started at 10 o'clock at night mm. and I, we would ride for a couple hours and then ended a bar and I did that for a while and I kind of learned how to navigate the city on a bike. And then I ultimately launched the first citywide bike tour of Columbus. It's called Bike the Sea Bus and it's still going on. I put it on for 10 years and organized it and uh, it was a fundraiser for Yay Bikes, which is the bicycle advocacy group here in Columbus. And they took it over after that. And I think it's up to its 14th year now. Hmm. And the pandemic actually uh, forced it to go virtual last year. I think it might be virtual this year. But in that time, though, I kind of after 2010, my friend Tim Kriske had put together a route that was down in the Hawking Hills area of Ohio, which is to the southeast, and it was called Conkles Hollow. And we just went out for this ride, and it had gravel on it, and it was really fun. We had a good time. A month later, we went and actually held our first gravel grinder, and it was from Loudonville, Ohio, which is to the north northeast, which is also hilly. Uh, people think in Ohio it's it's flat. It's actually not. I just published some stats from the routes that we have in our our library and we have 203 routes Mm. gravel routes in ohio with 9867 miles and 744,000 feet of climbing wow so we're not flat wow so that's that is a that is a not a myth but maybe a misnomer um and so in 2012 we we did that first ride and it was it was cold out. It was in it was in January 2012, and we drank whiskey to stay warm, and we goofed off, and it was great. And then towards the end of that year, we were on another ride, and we were kind of getting close to the end. It was a Wildcat gravel grinder, uh, which is one of our routes that we have. And again, Tim Tim Christie actually had routed it. He did a lot of the early routes, and we were riding back. And I said, you know, we should actually create a Facebook group and kind of get more people involved and draw more people into this because, you know, we had like a group of probably 10 to 20 people and this is, it's fun and let's, you know, get more people involved. Right. So I launched, launched the Facebook group, which kind of became the official group that we have. And as of today, we're over 3,500 members in that group. That's just and mind blowing to me. Like, I don't know why, but I'm just like, it is big. It's it's probably one of the larger gravel grinder groups I could find. I found one that Shimano puts on, and organizes that may have close to 10,000 people in. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a brand, that's really good to get some good traction and, you know, for marketing. Yeah. But 
slowly that group built and built up and we were we were riding a lot of routes and weren't really publishing them they were in ride with gps and we would put them into the group and say hey we're going to go ride this in late 2018 I, I decided that we should not put all of our eggs in one basket and keep everything in facebook and so it's good to have great conver- you know good conversation in facebook groups but it's not really good for file management and photo management and and tracking of routes and stuff so we built out a website and i asked people to contribute and uh, so we built out the website that has uh, recaps and i took a lot of photos through the years mm-hmm. and we were able to build and i'm in those photos i actually put in little quick recaps of the route and the ride and what the you know the temperature was out and the conditions and if we stopped and whatnot so i could build out a bunch of these and we have a couple hundred of them on the on the website Mm -hmm. uh, in our journal in our journal and it's a well-developed website i i spent some time on it i'm really impressed with all that you offer people and i didn't notice that it was a membership type website it was more of a anybody can go there and kind of check out what you've done and what you do yeah, it was, even though we have like our membership of Facebook group, it's not really a membership. Mm-hmm. And we just really wanted to create a resource for anybody around the world and stumbled upon the site mm-hmm. and would come to Ohio and ride gravel. And we are very lucky. Kenda Tires is located here in Columbus and we ride bikes with those guys and we asked them if they would support us financially mm-hmm. and so they underwrite the website oh, so nice. our the website is underwritten by kenda tires and it's they have basically they're covering it for another couple years and we'll hope that they uh, continue on they're we're really happy with their support and they're happy with uh, what we do to promote them and um 2020 2020 was a big blur everything ran right. together because <laughs> right. of the pandemic uh we launched the ride with gps club account and a bike shop in, in Columbus called Paradise Garage actually underwrites that as well. Mm-hmm. So we have the club account. And what that does is it, it allows us to aggregate all of our routes into one one account. People who join that, and it's again, it's free, they actually get advanced routing on their GPS, on Garmin GPSs. And it allows them to, without paying for a ride with GPS account, allows them to download a route to their phone and navigate for free with mm-hmm. advanced routing versus they would have had to pay $50 a year. So we give them some freebies and Paradise Garage, again, they underwrite that. And then we put out a call to the Facebook gr- uh, group, the members there, and people contributed and we bumped it to a tourism account. And what the tourism account allows us to do is to take all those uh, routes that we have. And if you look at the Ohio routes drop down, like North Central has a lot of routes. It's It allows us to do a visualization of all those routes on a map. Mm-hmm. And it's interactive, so you can click on a route and it'll give a pop-up and then you can jump right to that route mm-hmm. um, in Ride with GPS and then download it or, you know, or save it, pin it. That actually has given us the ability to... Um, to tag them and put them in the different uh, based on areas. We have beginner routes. Uh, we also have other states that uh, some some routes from other states that we've people have traveled to and, and ridden. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about the actual gravel. Anybody who listens to the podcast knows that I live in Iowa and I'm probably less than a mile from a gravel road that could take me for hours without ever really getting into a town. I guess I'm 
in a fairly populated city, but what is it actually like as far as gravel goes? I mean, are you having to get in your car to drive to do gravel? And then once you're on it, is it? Yes. So we're not as lucky as Iowans. Uh, (laughs) I mean, obviously being in the, you know, the, in Columbus gives us access to an hour drive to the Northeast or the Northwest or due East gives us access to routes. Mm -hmm. Most of our, most of the gravel in Ohio is going to be from uh, Lake Erie, the far northeast, uh, down the eastern side of the state, uh, over to about 45-minute drive from Columbus, down to the southeast, and then all the way over to the southern end of the state. And we don't go all the way over to Cincinnati. It's very funny, the running joke uh, with new members who jump in our group is, where can I ride gravel in Cincinnati? And there are there is no gravel. And if you look at our southwest route page, it's mm-hmm. blank. And I left it there because it just says there's no gravel routes in southwest Ohio. Uh, and we have one partner there, the 50 West Cycling Company, who uh, supports us as well. And that's it. There's no there's no gravel <laughs> there. So that's the running joke. And that's the number one asked question in our frequently asked <laughs> really? question. So, uh, yeah. And then actually over in Toledo is is kind of another one. But the, the nice thing about Toledo is, is they're very close to Michigan, so they could go ride Michigan yeah. gravel. And what we recommend the Cincinnatians to go into Indiana or to go over to the Shawnee State Park area and ride, which is about a 45-minute to an hour mm-hmm. drive. A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Ohio gravel ranges everything from crushed down gravel in Sciata State or Sciata Trail State Park that can be as, as nice as almost like a paved road to ballast gravel with large mm-hmm. chunks, m- muddy ruts. We have everything from beginner routes. We, I want to say we have about 10 beginner routes now that are very flat to routes that are, a rule of thumb is about 100 feet per climbing per mile. And some of our, our tougher routes might have, uh, for like a 40-mile route, close to 5,000 feet. Oh, wow, okay. We don't have really long climbs here in Ohio. They're all short and and steep. Uh, they're not all short, too. They're they're when they are steep, they're very short mm-hmm. and punchy. But yeah, I mean, you're going to get elevation in mm-hmm. Ohio. And when you're on gravel, again, I've never been there, so I'm sorry. I'm probably asking a dumb question, but when you're out on gravel, are you in farm communities or like what's your terrain? Like what are you looking at when you're pedaling in gravel? Outside of Columbus you're going to be in basically farmland, hilly areas that are forested. Our our routes start in uh, some of the state parks. There's not a lot of traffic Mm -hmm. on them. We don't typically see a lot of traffic. If you go to the northeast, there's a lot of routes in in, uh, Amish country. And you you see more buggies than you do see automobiles. The only bad thing with buggies are they actually tear up the road, I'd say, more than uh, mm-hmm. automobile traffic does uh, by creating ruts but yeah most of the gravel routes you're going to see less car traffic on it is through farm country or through wooded areas parks uh, state parks so it's not in you're not going to find any gravel in in uh, populated areas sure, sure yeah so okay we're talking 3,500 members and I assume that's from 
all over, not just uh, where you are in Columbus. But um, when you do have events, you know, we have to kind of think through maybe before COVID times, because there was a time where we did get to gather in groups and not feel weird about it. But if you think back to some of those events, can you give us like kind of an idea of what those events were like, uh, whether it was like a weekly ride or an actual event? And if was it dozens of people or hundreds of people? Sure. We were doing pre-COVID, we were trying to go out and, and we would post route, uh, events once a week, mm. weather pending, and get, I don't, we'd probably get 10 to 20 people post-COVID uh, or now right. uh, during the pandemic. We've been really just pushing people to look at, you know, one of the routes that we have. I mean, there's a lot to choose from, a lot of different areas, and get a couple friends and go social distance and go ride. We've been doing that with our core group of about 10 people of trying to get out. I think the last two weeks, because of the snow and the cold, more so the cold, um, we have not ridden. Uh, but we do try to ride year-round. Mm-hmm. Um, we were doing other events. We do two kind of signature events. We do a, a both supported by Kenda. Uh, we do a, a, a thaw ride in, in the Scioto Trail State Park. We get 50 to 100 people. It's yes. usually in February, or yeah. early March. And mm-hmm. uh, we were doing some beginner rides. And then we're we're also trying to cultivate some women's only events coming up. I think once we, we it's behind the scenes going on now, and we're going to try to get that those types of activities going maybe later this year mm-hmm. or early 2022. We were also doing some educational events where we hosted them at paradise garage and we would get 50 to 100 people to come in and learn about gps's how to use a gps how do you mm-hmm. route you know load a, event, a route on uh, bike packing uh, introduction to gravel grinding what people should expect what gear um, and we had a wide range of, of people speak about their experiences we're doing a tire tech discussion coming up that'll be virtual in the net probably in early march um, and then we we've hosted a couple of larger events uh, at a brewery in partnership with Paradise Garage, Seventh Sun Brewery. They have a large event space, and we had I think close to 175 people for one of the discussions. And part of it was we had a uh, we talked about the Ohio Gravel Race Series, which has eight races, and they're of course most of them were canceled or postponed last year, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get back up to running this year. And so um, that's a pretty big draw to the group. Uh, we started hosting it last year uh, to have all that race information on it. Uh, there's a um, Jay who actually puts on the Black Fork Gravel Grinder. Uh, he is the organizer of that race series, and uh, he does a great job on that. And, and the Black Fork Gravel Grinder is a great race through the Mohican state park area and it's very hilly there and it has some really great climbs and and some the road conditions can change depending on the weather Mm. so well it's i'm just floored by you have totally nailed the sense of community as far as people who love gravel or bike packing or just you know being outside on their bicycle and so many things that you're offering these people for free or donation based but how do you think that that got to be like that community sense i think the i think gravel has gained in popularity within cycling because of at least from what I've heard from people showing up for rides was 
that doing road riding, traditional road riding, has become more dangerous mm -hmm. with distracted driving. And people have been looking for a challenge, something different than road riding. And gravel, with the possibility of seeing one car on a ride or a couple cars on a ride, and usually you can hear them or see them from dust. Mm -hmm. You, it's you know, it's not like you're surprised to have somebody coming up on you and and you know uh, overtaking you without some notice. I, I'm seeing more people come into it from that, and I think that at least from my point of view, we try to make it as welcoming as possible to within the group, and we. We try to make it so that anybody can ask a question. A quick interruption to tell you this week's sponsor is Thirsty Pigs, a full-service mobile event company offering beer, wine, spirits, plus catering for any indoor or outdoor event. Check out more at thirstypigs.com. Now back to the show. When I started this as a Facebook group, we really wanted everybody to be accepted within it, man, woman, you know, young, old, mm -hmm. new, uh, seasoned veteran, and to have some respect for each other and not talk down to people. Because when I did road riding, I was turned off personally by experiences where I would go to a, you know, a Wednesday night worlds or whatever they called them. And I get dropped and I'd be like, I'm out in the middle of the nowhere. And it's like, where is everybody? Sure, sure. And it's like, that's not a, to me, that was never an ex experience that I got excited about. It didn't inspire me to go ride faster to be able to keep up with them. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's the wrong thing but for me i like to go out and ride and it's a relaxed pace and we're out to see things we stop and make coffee mm -hmm. uh, sometimes and eat lunch and some people are want to ride as fast as possible and i say more power to them but we have the routes that are posted and people can get their group together that want to ride that pace and they can go do it mm -hmm. and so um i hope we're well you know i hope that we are welcoming within the group uh, we try. Uh, it's it's it is tough to moderate the comments and keep track of everything that's going on, but um, I hope that you know that community continues to grow. Yeah, and you nailed it because when I'm on gravel, uh, it's a whole different mindset. You know, I'm not worrying about like you said. Usually, if there's a vehicle, you can hear it. At least in Iowa, it's mostly farms, so you can see for miles. Like you, you know, there's no um, hidden roads or turns, or it's just, I don't know, it's a calming feeling to be riding on gravel. Mm -hmm. Actually, once you nail down how to ride on gravel, like figuring out your air pressure and your tires, those little things, because I, I did learn the hard way when I first was on gravel. I had my tires, you know, filled up to max. And as the rocks were shooting right and left and hitting people around me, I, I realized quickly that I was not doing it right. <laughs> you get dirty looks if you're pinging people with rocks. <laughs> yes. yes. Like, especially like, you know, the, you're hitting uh, rims and, and um, uh, bike frames. Yeah. People are not happy. Yeah. We, that's where, that's what we're doing that discussion about is, is, um, that to overcome the mentality that you need to pump up your tires as much as, you know, the, the sidewall says, mm -hmm. which is not true. Uh, you know, it is a comfort thing and it does take time to get used to, I call it gravel float, you know, when you're riding gravel and, and it's, you're not connected to the road and you're kind of, floating across the gravel oh, yeah. in turns and so you have to kind of figure out you know you don't want to 
overcompensate and and you know slide uh, but it and it, it is about adjusting tire pressure and i struggle with it you know we can go out on a ride and the the if they've laid down new gravel or they graded a road and i call it scatter gravel where it's basically been graded and then it's like gravel that's not a continuous bed of gravel and you're riding and you're basically bouncing off of everything mm. you could start out with higher tire pressure and you have to drop the tire pressure down because you're bouncing off that stuff and then you could go over the crest of that hill and you only have one road that's like that and you're like oh i have to add tire air, air back in because you know it's i don't really need it to be this low yeah so and that is kind of a i would say a learned skill i mean it's you definitely learn what the feeling is when you have too much air versus not enough right yeah i mean if you're bouncing around and your arms start to feel you know you're getting uh, fatigued from riding uh it it is something to be said of you know you have to kind of be in tune with your body and with the bike and the air pressure to adjust mm-hmm. to to be more comfortable because you the 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 gravel should be depressing you know the tire and i mean i learned the hard way as well mm-hmm. I, you know i put too much air in and be like bouncing around and my friend bill who did routes and and has ridden a lot of, with us and He'd be like, well, you know, what the hell are you doing? He's like, why don't you put a little bit less air? And it's like, oh, no, it's air pressure. You know, and he's like, no, you're doing it wrong. Like, and I learned. And you feel so much better once you are actually, you feel like you're in control of your bike again. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I uh, learned the hard way because now I know how it feels both ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned when we first started talking about Ride With GPS, do you want to just go in a little bit deeper with um, how that works and how you like how do your members use it sure so if you go to ohiogravelgrinders.com uh our homepage actually has uh, access to that the the club it's um one of the main buttons and when you go to the next page there's actually a couple options so if you're already in it uh you can click it and it'll go right to the the route uh, or actually the overview section um, and, or you can join it for free. You, it says join the club. It's free. You click on it. You put in your your name, first name, last name, and your email address, and then you're automatically in. Mm. So um, we are at 640 members, I think, in the Ride with GPS club as well. Oh, nice. Uh, people have joined. And I want to say we're at 270 routes. And those routes in, live in Ride with GPS. So they're always there if somebody's like, you know, I'm going to go on a solo ride today kind of deal. Right. So those mm-hmm. routes are um, in the route library. And we do, like I said, the, the visual uh, option is just to go to OhioGravelGrinders.com and then look at each of the regions and you'll see where the routes live. Mm-hmm. And we base those on where those routes start and, and, in which counties and I've broken it up. I try to make it uh, logical and that way you can kind of see, you know, Oh, I live in, in Columbus or I live in Akron or somewhere you can go like, or if I live out East, where can I go ride? And, and I've kind of put some them into a quarter as well. So like the East goes along the I-70 East corridor and um, the North central kind of follows 77. You can click on that and it'll actually, bounce you out to the if you 
pick a route that you're interested in and you hit view route, it'll jump you to Ride with GPS directly to that route. Mm. You can export export that route to uh, in a variety of formats. Fit, I think, is the format that most people are using these days for Garmin. At least that's what I use on my Garmin. And it gives you the stats. I just picked one here, Skull Fork Gravel. 60 miles, 5,700 feet of climbing, mm. uh, max max grade of 11.7, and if you're really fast, you can do it six hours. I cannot, uh, <laughs> so I won't do a six. I won't do a 60 miler. But uh, but if people want to do that, they could go find Skull Fork Gravel. At, so literally, if somebody uh, is coming to Ohio, they have a great yes. resource that they can find pretty much any sort of gravel route they might want. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. We even have, we have a route that is uh, the Dirty Water 100 route. And if you, or Dirty Water, I'm sorry, 500 kilometer route. If you really wanted to do a challenge, it's across the state of Ohio Mm. from the Ohio River to Lake Erie. And it was done by Ashland Bike Company. And they put it on as a fun I'm going to put those in quotes, uh, event (laughs) to do ride that in like three days, Mm. which is insane. And, um, our friend Jen and Steve went and did it. And, you know, I have to go look it up on the website. She did a review on it. I want to say they did it in under 30 hours. What? Straight. Yeah. Oh my. I wonder if they actually called it fun when they were doing it. You can you could probably ask her that. <laughs> type, I, I think type two fun. Everything I'm guess. I think everything hurt. Yeah, and it was yeah it was a struggle. But wow. they did it for they did it as a um, as a, a record uh, attempt as a pair, mm. and they also they did it last December. It was cold. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty nuts. But yeah, that's an option as well. Uh, and we have some bikepacking routes on on uh, the the site mm-hmm. for people who want to do that. Um, not much in Ohio. We have a couple in Ohio, but some in West Virginia and Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and Vermont. We went up and did an adventure in Vermont a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Will you uh, say again what the website is? Yeah, it is ohiogravelgrinders.com. Super easy. And and that's it, yeah. And everything, that's kind of the gateway. So that'll get you into the Ride with GPS account. Uh, the link, uh, like I said, is on the front page. You you can click on Gravel 101 or Ohio Routes or join a club or a journal excuse me, our journal. Um, and then the Ohio gravel race series actually is listed below that. And if we have any events coming up and our journal entries and we have a newsletter and if you want to sign up and basically that's when we add a recap or put a new route in, you'll get notice of that as well. Uh, but we do, have, you know, it's a group effort. Uh, even though I was a founder, I just, I would like to say, you know, thanks to everybody who contributes. We've got a lot of route contributors mm-hmm. and content contributors. Uh, it's not just me. And I do, we do give, um, you know, attribution to the those contributions on the site. Yeah, I think it's a great resource um, beyond Ride with GPS and beyond just gravel. I think there's so many other things that you guys offer. And it's just amazing that it's a free resource. It is free. And I just, I, you know, I, I think it's just to get people to come and visit and um, people in, in Ohio to, to who live here to look at Ohio in a different way and see Ohio in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I always said that when we did bike the sea bus, you could experience a city at the speed of bicycle, which is completely different than going and driving in your car Mm -hmm. around a town because you're, you're, you know, you're slow and you're seeing 
the nooks and crannies of a town, of a city. You see neighborhoods up close. It's the same way. You're seeing nature up close. You see, we stop at really cool th- cool sites. You know, uh, Matt Kretschmer, one of the contributors, loves history. And he's put together a number of routes that actually go through ghost towns. Mm. So there's a number of um, coal towns that do not exist anymore because of the coal industry. Then it peaked. And those towns basically collapsed when the coal industry um, collapsed in the southeastern part of, of uh, Ohio. And they're, they, it's like the, it's called the Black Diamonds of, I think, Southwest Ohio is the, the, the organization. It's basically a, the, that collective of communities that have, have really suffered, actually, or disappeared completely. But there's really interesting history there. Mm-hmm. And you get to see some neat stuff out there. Awesome. Where do you see the future of gravel popularity? I hope it's not a fad. Yeah. I mean, we've been riding gravel since, like, you know, I've been riding gravel since 2005. I think uh, Dirty Kanza, or I think it's called Unbound Gravel now, has been around around that long, that long a time. I think it was around mid-2000s it started. I don't see the popularity waning with those races. I think the races are actually popular. Mm-hmm. I don't race, but it's interesting to see that uh, part of gravel where it's more of a an untamed type ride where people can do different things that aren't, you know, like a road race where you're just riding around in circles. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the, I mean, and riding gravel, it is way more strenuous. I mean, a 40 mile gravel ride is not a 40 mile road ride. Right. Even if you had the same elevation, the, the, I think people have called it a gravel tax or whatever. The, the, the effort put out is, you know, way more and it's a great workout. And it's, for me, it's, you know, mental health as well as physical. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, checking out and not looking at a screen and getting out of the house, especially during the pandemic, uh, to get out and actually get away from stuff and get out of the, away from sitting in front of a computer or being cooped up has oh, been, for sure. uh, you know, has worked wonders. So I, I, I look at it as continuing to grow. I don't know where if it peaks. I mean, a lot of industry uh, players have jumped on it. And, you know, the I think it's funny. I love Pathless Pedaled and, uh, he has gravel specific stickers, which is very funny to me because everybody's saying it's gravel specific or whatever. And I think you can ride. We have people who ride mountain bikes and right. road bikes and whatever <laughs> you can bikes, get on it, yeah. whatever, whatever you feel comfortable on. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And um, so it's like a motley crew, of, you know. Yeah, but I of, do. I do find it interesting that gravel bikes actually exist now, um, you know, like 15 years ago. Uh, or, you know, even go back to like when I was a kid, of course, I rode on gravel because that was the only option. But it didn't, you know, matter what bike I was on. It was just of like, if I've got to get to sports practice, I have to ride on gravel where, you know, now I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm not going to take my road bike on gravel. I have to take my gravel bike or my fat bike or whatever. So it is funny. You know, it's more about the person as much as it is about the terrain. It is, but I mean, I think it's a natural progression. I mean, look yeah. at how mountain bikes started. I mean, people took, you know, cruiser bikes and went, we're going to go up on the mountain in California and right. ride down it, and then we're going to try to break it or, or you know, what? how can we make it better? And that was how mountain bikes were born. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it becomes, I hate to say, you know, it is against, it is a cliche, but it becomes specific of uh, something that's more capable of riding that 
more comfortably. Yeah. Um, I, I ride a Fargo. I like a wider tire. I, I think that, you know, a lot of discussion I see in the group, people will say, well, you don't need a tire or wider than whatever. And it's like, I would never say that to somebody because I ride a 2.2 inch wide tire mm-hmm. and I'm perfectly happy. I'm not going 20 miles an hour. I don't average 20 miles an hour. Yeah. I average around 11, Right. you know, and I'm perfectly happy with that. And if that's what people are happy with, I say more, you know, more power to them. And I think that that's where people need to be. It's, you know, when riding gravel, it's whatever you want to do. Yeah. And comfort level, exactly what you said. I mean, if someone's more comfortable on a fat tire bike because the tires are really big, then at least high five that they're out there doing it. I've actually been dropped on climbs on people who ride fat uh, fat bikes. (laughs) They're way stronger than me. Um, You know, I don't, I can't speak for other groups in our group. You know, like I said, I, some of my first experience in, in group riding were being dropped and left down the middle of nowhere. And, mm. and I, I can't, I actually, uh, abhor that. I, uh, when we ride, if there's a flat, if there's a mechanical, we stop, we, we help fix it. If it's a completely, you know, completely destroyed, we go and get a car and pick that person up and make sure that they're going to get back to their car. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just think that that is, that actually helps build that sense of community and make sure that people know that they're actually not going to be left behind. And we get a lot of comments like that. Well, I thought you guys were just going to like ride off. And it's like, no, we're not like that. That's awesome. I got to give you a high five through the phone that the Ohio gravel grinders group just sounds really, really amazing from beginning to current times. Well, thank you. We, you know, it takes work, and um, you know, the one of the thing, one of the fun things that we're doing because of the pandemic is, and this is a Matt Kretschmer creation, is we're doing gravel bingo this year. Oh, and we, and we, he created gravel bingo cards, and there are things that you should go do. It's on our website. It's under events, and it says gravel bingo, and you can see the card. And what we were trying to do is get people to go to the bike shops and actually purchase some stuff, and they'll give you a card. There's four shops around uh, uh, Ohio that are participating. Maybe it'll be more next year. And um, it, but it's cool stuff, you know. Ride by a fire tower. Like you can get an idea of um, of some of the things you'd experience. Get chased by a loose dog, mm. which every cyclist has. Spot a bald eagle. You know, um, we have a very famous donkey who is on our our routes. Uh, his name is Donkey, <laughs> and um, he brays and throws a fit when cyclists show up because we give him carrots and he nice. he he loves it and we love him he's so cool yeah <laughs> that's great <laughs> so there's neat things to see i mean that's that's the stuff that i like is you get to see cool stuff when you're out riding yeah oh yeah i am uh, so looking forward to um i don't mind the snow but uh, the super cold weather is a little bit hard to uh, not be outside and to be on a indoor trainer but i am so looking forward to uh, warmer weather when we can get out and bike on mm-hmm. any sort of terrain yeah and the the invitation is open if you uh, when the pandemic is over, if you want to come out, you know, we'll gladly take you out on some of our routes and go for a ride. Yeah, check out what uh, what's going on there in Ohio. So OhioGravelGrinders.com is the website. And Ray, I am so thankful that you were able to get on the podcast with us today. Well, I appreciate the, you know, having, having me on and, and uh, kind of evangelizing about Ohio Gravel. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. 
That's it for this week. Thanks, Ray, for sharing about the Ohio Gravel Grinders. Be sure to check out their website, www.ohiogravelgrinders.com. It is a spectacular resource for all things gravel in Ohio. And if you're looking to start your own club, this is the website to strive to be like. And of course, if you're into gravel racing, check out the Ohio Gravel Race Series. Details are on the Ohio Gravel Grinders website. If you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting, email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. Please visit my Instagram page for daily entertainment and check out the Morphology YouTube page to find videos of some of the places I go on my bike.